Hello, lovely people. Hello, lovely people. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Shan, pronouns they, them, theirs. My name is Franklin, pronouns he, him, his. And this week? For this week, we are talking about sexual... Oh, wow. We can say it together. That was cool. You say it. No, we're saying it together. Today, we are going to be talking about sexual Sexual communication. communication. Oh, he said I'm here. (laughs) I couldn't resist saying it at the same time. It's a unison for me. Okay, good. Um, But before we get into all that, Mm -hmm. tell me, Franklin, what got you fucked up this week? What has me fucked up this week? Drama. Mm. Uh, Family drama. Mm. What else got me fucked up? Employees not doing their job. Mm. People in charge not doing their job. Jobs. Ooh, sensing a theme. A whole other place that also provides similar services not doing their job. Wow. Is anybody doing their job? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing our job. (laughs) We're here. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what's got me fucked up. All of that. Okay. You know, you, you crumble it together. Same bullshit. Issues and drama. What's got you fucked up? You know, honestly, I got myself fucked up this week. Oh. I really do. I really do. What? Just like that? I got myself fucked up this week. Mm Mm-hmm. I do. Period. That is just the truth. Sometimes we got ourselves fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be like that. But yeah. I'm getting it together. You know, I'm getting it together. I'm trying to lean into things. You trying to what? Lean into them. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> do you. Do what you got to do, okay? Indeed. Indeed. So, Shan. Yes, Franklin. When you think of Sexual communication. What comes to mind? That's a bit general, isn't it, love? Say it one more time for me. Listen, I, n- come, please. Adele, if you don't start. That's a little for me. My brain is like grasping at nothing and it's going crazy. Like, what is that? Oh my god, that is is so funny. Um, I said that's a bit general, isn't it, love? Okay, (laughs) don't know. (laughs) No, 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 that's a bit 
something something love. <laughs> you said general, isn't it? I don't know what to ask. Isn't it love? Um, ask me your question. When I think of sexual communication, what do I think of? What themes? When I think about sexual communication, I think I think about boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think about hard limits. I think about permeable boundaries. I think about compromise. Yes. Uh, I think about compatibility. What about mm. you? What do you think about? Apparently, I think of position and kinks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I think about, honestly. I don't think much of it. Let's explore that then. I mean, just you can talk about sex, being open about certain things, saying what you want. Diving into that is where I'm at. Mm. Explain. Diving into that is where you are. Tell us more about that. Saying what I want. Mm. Jumping into it and being like, this is what I want to do. Have you found that you are a bold sexual communicator? Direct? Are you indirect? What type of sexual communicator are you? I can be indirect. Mm. Getting better at being direct is where I'm at now. So I'm just saying what I like. To people. What does it mean to be an indirect sexual communicator? I mean, not what I think of is not explicitly saying what you want is how I'm taking it. Um, what are you doing instead then? If you're not saying what you want. Mm-hmm. Are you hoping that they'll like pick up on certain cues are you I most of the time I've gone with just their vibe I let people take the lead mm. yeah but now I'm starting to take more of the lead myself What are you thinking about? I am trying to think about my own history and like sexual communication mm-hmm. and whether or not I've always been a more direct sexual communicator. Yeah. I think that happened for me early in my sexual experiences. But I don't think I was always a direct sexual communicator. You asked me, how do you, how do you, how do they know? How do you show it, right? What you want indirectly? How would you show that, or how would what would you do? <sighs> a lot of mouth sounds right now. Um. Oh, I was about to say. I thought you were gonna say a lot of mouth play. I was like, oh. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I think there are a couple of different ways when I think of, like, instead of saying it straight out, you know, like, more of this, less of this, I like this. Um, being more expressive when they are doing things mm-hmm. that you like. Uh, more vocally expressive. Um, moving. Moving your body to a certain position. Moving their their body to a certain position. Those are really good ones. Thank you. Those are really good ones. Sounds are everything. Movements are everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Those are all nice things. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Did you go to a place? I did not. Okay. Okay. I did. <coughs> all right. I thought so. Just yeah. saying. I um, was just elsewhere, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I get it. Sounds are nice. I agree. Mm-hmm. That shit's valid. I mean, you're validating something. Mm-hmm. I have had people tell me that it is encouraging to, like, hear how people, like, make you feel like that is encouraging for them to perform better, like, do their best, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes perfect sense, because if they're not, then... I'm confused. <laughs> Some people just don't, they don't vocalize anything. And I just be sitting there like, excuse me. Like, just you give be, me something. You be, you be sitting there like, what? Excuse me. Like, give me something. It can be a little, like, confusing when a person isn't very vocal. Are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, that's what I'd be wondering. I'm like, you're, you're aroused. So something is working, but I need to know. Have you had those conversations before? Of like, look, you said movements. Uh huh. That's all I need to know. Okay. But no, I have not. Not with that person. Mm-mm. Oh, we're talking about a specific person. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please. I'm thinking of a specific person, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, lovely listeners, Franklin is giving a face right now. So, mm-hmm. what's that face, Franklin? I don't know. <laughs> wow, what part is coming up for you right now? That my fantasy and my brain has been exposed outside my brain, so now I can no longer continue the storyline. Why can't you continue? No, 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 okay. no. All right. Oh. Oh. Shannon, I have a question for you. What's up? What is a lesson sex has taught you? You can take that however you want. I know it's phrased differently. A lesson sex has taught me. Mm-hmm. I'm powerful. 
Mm. I have power. Yeah. Like, in what I do, there is power. I'm pretty powerful. I'm weak. (laughs) 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 He said, I got the power. Yeah, sex has definitely allowed me to appreciate my body in different ways and um, engage with other people with my body in different ways. And there is a power in that. And then also, you know, what I do is good and there's power in that too. And that's not being braggy. That's not Mm-mm. like showboating. That's just accepting that yep. my relations and relationships with other people have shown me that there's power in what I do. Mm-hmm. There's power in who I am. What about you? If you talented, you talented. Listen. I didn't say it. They did. You didn't. They did. I didn't. Mm-hmm. What about me? You said that it doesn't have to be correct from the jump mm. for me. That I got to take it, you know, I got to take it slow. Got to go slow. <laughs> there is something to be said for exploration and figuring it out. I was just I was just talking about this um with myself, I think. But <laughs> I was saying that people don't explore with sex anymore. It feels like it feels like we go in and we just like we try this thing that we mm-hmm. like know we're good at or we do this thing that we know we're good at. Yeah. And it's like where is the exploration? Where is the curiosity for another person's body? And interacting with another person, you know, like, let's explore things together. That is nice. That's something that I definitely need. Um, So I can also gain that power. (laughs) Right. Because I have some power. But I want to, the power will come when I feel free. Do you feel confident sexually? With my performance? Or in what ways? With in what way did you take the question? I mean, my performance, yeah, I feel extremely confident in that. Um <laughs> Period. <laughs> you said extremely confident. Thank you for asking. In In feeling that I, in feeling that I deserve what I put out, that that's where the work needs to happen. I need to let myself be satisfied or pleased in certain ways that I also please others. I need to let myself just be free in that way. 
Because I want people to be free when they when they get in the um, three thousand, you know. <laughs> when they get in the three thousand. When they get in the three thousand. The three thousand. What is the three thousand? What what three thousand? I'm over. I'm over here weak. I'm over here weak. Cannot with you the three thousand. The three thousand. Listen. You said what you said. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what else I have to say. Reciprocity is okay and healthy. We talk about reciprocity a lot, I feel like. And there is something to be said for sex and like some people don't want that they don't want to receive that sexual pleasure mm-hmm. and they derive their pleasure from pleasuring others and i think conversations around sex and how we experience sex need to be had more often and more openly for us to understand exactly how to pleasure each other or whoever you're involved with sexually. And a lot of people don't know how to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, they don't talk about sex. They just have sex. They just do sex. Mm-hmm. How how would you or how do you go about conversations around sex? I like to ask them what they like what they don't like. Is this negotiation ongoing? I don't know. I haven't gotten to, I haven't been active with someone multiple times. Like it hasn't been a recurring thing with someone where we can be like, we can develop in that way. It no, gotcha, gotcha. That would be nice mm-hmm. to develop and to develop the um the sexual relationship. Yeah, yeah. And what you like can change, which is why I ask if mm-hmm. it's a recurring thing because like sometimes things I like before I won't always like. And that's true for anyone. And but when I think about the queer community, especially, I think about like people who are trans and or non-binary and like our experiences with our bodies can be so fluctuating Uh, and it's like things won't always 
feel the same. I won't always like prefer certain things. Or sometimes I want something of more. Or I want something of more. I want more of something. And if I have sexual partners, I need to feel comfortable talking about that stuff. And if I can't talk about that stuff with you, I probably won't be having sex with you. Very true. That's some deep level of sexual connection right there. Feeling comfortable. I I would like to get to a place or somewhere where I feel comfortable like that easily. In previous sexual relationships, it was just we go in and we do what we gotta do. One, it was like we go in, we go we we know we go in, we do what we gotta do and we're learning as we're going. I like that. I like that. Um It is nice when there is a bond between you and the other person where you know each other well. That's dope. When we talk about sex, we're not inherently talking about intimacy or intimate sex. Um, For me... I find that I need a certain level of intimacy Mm. in order to feel fulfilled by my sexual experiences. That doesn't mean I can't have casual sex. It just means I can't have callous sex and feel good about myself with it. There. What about it? It feels disposable or like mm. interchangeable at a certain point when it's in it when it's callous there's a, a detachment that comes with it like lifeless mm. you said it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's some good ass perspective thank you <laughs> thank you I learned through experiencing that callousness Mm. casual sex isn't inherently callous it's not Mm -hmm. always careless it doesn't have to be and you can have casual sex with people you have more intimate relationships with it's possible and it can be successful when there's the right level of emotional maturity and conversation and negotiation and always, always, always consent. And that also comes with knowing like the full truth of a situation. Because oftentimes I think we develop this policy of like each experience is its own thing and I don't have to talk about who I've been with 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 the person that I'm with now. Where it's like 
you don't necessarily have to talk about all of your experiences, but it is the responsible thing to talk about the fact that you've had other experiences Mm -hmm. and have honest, transparent conversations around testing and status and level of protection that you desire. Mm -hmm. That struck a chord for you. You felt that. Did I feel it? You, yes. <laughs> yes. There's passion behind that. I am... Oh, God. I love sex. Mm-hmm. I love sex. And I love talking about sex. And people are so repressed around sex and suppressed around sex. Mm. Listen. As someone who was raised in a home that never talked about it, exploring it now is just like, oh, my God. What is that like for you? It can feel scary at times. Because you're like, oh, my God, what am I getting into? What am I doing? Um I mean, if we're talking about sex and our bodies, right? Sex and and our bodies. Sometimes I don't feel aligned with my body, and I wonder. Look, sometimes I wonder. I'm like, are people gonna be into me or no? And that's kind of where sex has made me feel powerful because, like. Mm-hmm. You are into me, and you're into what we're doing, and I'm very into what we're doing, and we're both very into what we're doing, or we're all very into what we're doing. Oh, you know, <laughs> sometimes people have more than one sexual partner Period. at a time. Period. Um, and it's like, and it's good, and it feels good. And that is so incredible feeling. And it's like euphoric. Did you go to a place? Did I go? No. Not just now. You just really like it. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm passionate about sex. Mm-hmm. Wh- when did this passion start? I have been curious about sex from a young age there is a certain level of exposure that I had to sex and I'm not sure how young I was when that happened Mm. but and I'm not really sure the circumstances around what that exposure looked like Um, but I remember enough to know that I was young enough but I also remember being curious about my body and I don't know if those two correlate but I know both things exist. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, <clears throat> so I've always had this curiosity about my body and like what feels good to me. Uh, or I've noticed that I noticed that like certain things felt good. However, we didn't talk about sex when I was growing up in my family. Like, 
and the education that I got around it and like formal education setting school wasn't the greatest, wasn't the best. Uh, it wasn't until I was like 18 or so. Well, first of all, I didn't have sex anyway until I was 18. And it was queer sex. So it was already like different <laughs> and good. And there was this curiousness around sex and things that give me pleasure. <laughs> I'll say I started to like really explore and well, I've been exploring with myself for a while. That's That's been a, a thing for a long time. But it wasn't until I was 18 and had my first sex toy that I really was like exploring and experiencing things. Well, that's not true because like my hands did a good job. Let me, let me settle down and like pull that back a little bit. With sex and exploring, I didn't always give myself permission to do that. around my early teen years, I was like really excited and I discovered what an orgasm was. And it was like, holy shit. But it wasn't until I was like 18 and buying my first sex toy and like experiencing sex with another person um, that I really started to get curious about pleasure and college was pretty sex positive for me uh, so I was able to like really explore what I liked and um, the internet was a, a bit played a big role in that too that was like real tumblr time probably aging myself a little bit because I don't know <laughs> that Tumblr is that big <laughs> anymore. Um, yeah. I'll say I really started to cultivate that in my late teens, early 20s. Now I just talk about sex all the time. Now I have a platform where I can publicly talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good time for it to start cultivating. Oh, oh. Yeah, say it again. Damn. Say it again. That was a good time for, for all that to be cultivated. Mm -hmm. College can be a good, good time for that. Yeah. And even if not college, I think college age, mm -hmm. that like late teen, oh, yeah. early adulthood. And that's, I mean, that's when we do a lot of our growing, just developmentally. Who has time for that? Teenagers. Early 20-somethings, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> I started exploring myself sexually at a young age, early elementary school. <laughs> exploring my body and even the progression of that was nice because once you learn more about your body <laughs> and you're like oh 
this this is this is a nice place to be in. That's what kind of happened for me. And I would never do me wrong. I will never let myself down. Because you know yourself. You know what you like. Not everyone does, though. No. And that's the, that's the kicker. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that comfortability that I have with myself, I didn't explore it with other people until until college. The experiences that I had at the, the early stages of my sexual experience, awakening, whatever the hell, right? Exploration overall. They weren't as fruitful as the later ones. The earlier ones was just like, oh, I'm just doing this, but are you doing it because you want to gain something from it? Like, or are you just, are you just doing it because you're curious? Like, what's the reason for doing it? That's what I would ask myself mm-hmm. if I were to have a conversation with younger me. It's so interesting to hear you talk about what that exploration was like for you early on because our experiences are very different. Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship when I was that young yes. and like uh, it was mostly monogamous even though I wasn't. Um, and like that was I was going to say understood but I think that's the wrong word. That was communicated. Anyway. Uh, so that exploration largely happened with one person for like m- those foundational years anyway of mm-hmm. like figuring out a base of what I like with someone else. What? It's, uh, no, it's just, it's better that way. Is it better that way? I'm with, with, I don't know. At least I for me, I'm like, I would like to, with one person to grow sexually. Okay, I don't fair. know. But you're talking about being in a relationship. But no, that's fair. I think to I ideally would have like a, f- a certain like core rotation in my like my my pleasures and like mm-hmm. we would develop familiarity with each other. I agree with that. Like I think yeah. I think I prefer that. But to say that I prefer it with one person is a little like uh, <laughs> right because. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're different. Yes, right. We're very different. Um, but it is nice to have that evolution with a with a person. I agree. Yeah. Growing up, sex was never at the forefront for me. It wasn't something that I thought about. I was too preoccupied with other things that I was just like, mm, I don't, I don't know what. Motherfuckers would talk about it though, but I wouldn't be very focused on it. Um, so sometimes it feels like I'm a late bloomer with it, but there are reasons for it. There are reasons for it now. I think that we talk about sex, especially like when we're younger, like this thing this like coveted thing that you just gotta do when in reality 
not everyone feels the same way about sex. Mm-hmm. And not everyone wants to have those sexual experiences early on. Yeah. I know for me, um, back then I was a person who could get pregnant. And my mother was a teen mom. And her mother was a teen mom, also a teen wife. Uh, and I really didn't want to be a part of that club. So I was like, I'm going to wait to have sex. That was a conscious decision that I made. I'm just like so interested and curious about how you would approach things and how you talk about sex with partners and potential partners. Transparency at a hundred, please. Yes, transparency at a hundred. No, no, not a hundred. A hundred. A hundred. Keep it. Keep it a hundred. You have to keep it a hundred. What I see at the end, please. Honey. So <laughs> I haven't. I don't have a track record of being someone who communicates 100% about sex because of my level of uncomfortability with with it in the past. And that's still getting better as we go. Um, side note, a difficult challenge with that is telling myself that it is okay to not be where I think that I should be because should statements, what are those? What do we say as therapists? Franklin about I, should statements. I don't say anything. They're irrational. That they're co- it's, it's a cognitive distortion that we use. Okay, go on. It's just not fair to us. Mm-hmm. The idea of me, uh, me that I should is like me telling telling myself there is a standard that you're not meeting, bitch. <laughs> 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 Why you gotta be so aggressive <laughs> with yourself? I wanted us to laugh a little bit, you know. Okay, but that's you what said heavy. You said heavy topic. You said heavy topic. Yeah, but that's that's what it gives. It creates this never-ending loop of ex- expectations that we feel we can't meet, even though we're probably doing, if not what we can, more than what you know. We're doing more than the average. Amount. Mm, what is the average amount? Well, exactly. Why do we have shit statements? Listen, you can add to this if you want to, okay? You do this for a living. Therapy. We, we, we were still talking about shit statements? Hmm? Oh. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything to add. Oh, wow. Um... That's cool. Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna allow this diversion, mm-hmm. but not for long. Let's be clear. What happened? I'm just saying. We're talking about sex. Not. We're not doing. You said, uh, Franklin. What do we say? Uh, okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then I thought that was gonna be just a slight diversion for like five seconds, and then oh we're gonna shit. go back to sex. But since we're still talking about should statements, I'm gonna put this in there. Um, when we say that we should do something, <coughs> it's creating this, like you said, this unfair expectation mm-hmm. that there is a level to be attained. Yes. It's not recognizing what we are doing. Instead, it's penalizing what we are doing. It's very punitive language. It's very damaging. Mm-hmm. I think with sex, 
I want to get to a comfortable place. I want to get to a comfortable place. I am being more vocal, which is good. Mm. We're challenging my anxiety. That's been the biggest challenge, the biggest issue. That is taking time. And there is no time limit for this. Everything has to be. Why is everything timed? Everything we're taught is it has to be a certain time. But things happen in their own time. And I think that's. To sound very corny about it, that's a beautiful thing. Things happening in their own time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times we feel like we have to rush to make things happen. Especially to like keep up with other people. Because we're mm-hmm. in this this sort of competition or this rat race. But you don't have to rush to experience anything. Because things will happen when they happen. And in the meantime, if you want to explore with yourself, or if you want to explore, you can explore with yourself. Just schedule in some time for you and your body and get to know it, what feels good to it, what feels good for it. What happens when you spend too much time with your body? I don't think I'm well on that time. Schedule in some time to go outside and take a walk. (laughs) 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 You said coping. And Franklin. In what ways would you want? What else would you want to learn? Shabari. I'm sorry. What is Shabari? <laughs> well, not just Shabari. I I want to learn. There are things that I want to learn. There are kinks that I want to explore. Uh, that I haven't gotten to yet. I'm also kind of shy when it comes to sex sometimes. I know it doesn't seem that way because I talk about it so openly and all the time. <laughs> but um, like I went to a sex party and I was like, I'm just going to observe, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I can be a little more on the like reserve side. Um but, I mean, then there's also the fact that I went to a sex party in the first place. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Cool. Um, but I will say uh, a lot of what I have yet to explore comes from not being with people who are as sexually explorative or more than I am. So, like, typically I'm the one who's, like, on the higher side of, like, exploration and kink and all that all that jazz. But that's changing, I think, as I, like, get out there more. I think I'm meeting people who like to explore like I do. That's giving. <laughs> that's giving. Are there... 
specific things you want to explore when it comes to sex? I'm trying to figure out how much I want to say. Should I ask a different question? Sure. Okay. How would you negotiate with someone things that you, like, if this is a new person, how would you negotiate with them? That's where a lot of work needs to happen. Because mm. I just be ready to go into it. Without conversation, you mean? Well, there's conversation via chat, right? Okay. Where we, we might tell each other what we like. But then if there's something that maybe I want and they don't like, I guess that's a conversation I have to have with myself. Do I want to have sex with this person? If I'm not going to get what I want, right? But sometimes I go into it thinking, you know, there's a potential for us to, even though you're saying you don't want this now, it might be something we can talk about and see if you want later. So I might, like, give it a try. Okay, let's just do, let's let's be spontaneous and do whatever this time. Or, you know, I'll do what you told me what you like. I I definitely would want to do that. But I I want to, there's potential for for, um, change to happen. Did I answer your question? I think so. Yeah. Okay. A lot of the time, conversations are easier had when they are not verbal. So texting for a lot of us is easier mm-hmm. than having a verbal face-to-face conversation. Some topics can be easily intro or more easily introduced, not in a verbal space. Carrying that over into the verbal space for a lot of people can be challenging because mm-hmm. if I'm with someone and I'm like tell me what you like or if someone were to say to me tell me what you like I could probably do it but <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't always that way sometimes it's like it's nice to be with someone who is sexually confident. Yeah. So sometimes there's not always that like conversation around what exactly it is that I like. It's like we're doing and you'll know when it feels good. A lot of things feel good. That doesn't mean I'm going to finish in the sense of like coming or orgasm or finish to completion but that's not always the goal either and for a lot of us I think our sexual communication lacks though orgasm is not always the goal I think for a lot of us it is, and we just don't know how to talk about it. And for a lot of us it is the goal because we've never, it's a goal we've never accomplished. Mm. I just like to enjoy the experience. And in order for me to enjoy the experience, there has to be a level of communication. 
<laughs> what? Be ready. You just be so ready. I need this. And I mean, it's not always like do this this way. That's not mm-hmm. always the level of communication. I mean, but like, even if we're not going to like have a deep negotiation beforehand, for a person to s- ask, like, does this feel good? Yes. Do you like this? Sometimes it's like, tell me you like this, and that's a different. That's a different conversation. <laughs> That was a lot, wasn't it? All right, I'm I'm looking in the mirror. (laughs) That's what I need. That's a certain level of dominance that I need in my life. Mm. Ask me why this is good to you. Mm. Why? Why? No, tell me why this is good to you. Mm. Next, you opened it up. You opened it up. There's something good about it. What's good about it? You're asking me? Mm-hmm. What's good about what? Being asked. Being asked? You know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Sorry, I just need some clarity. Being asked why you like it or <sighs> what about it is good to you. There, It's that confidence. That like you know, you know this is a good time. <laughs> but there's also because there's a level of communication, mm-hmm. and that's not always a verbal communication. Sometimes it's like body language is like yelling, <laughs> like I'm having a great time. You know, like we were talking about earlier, that like vocal responsiveness means you're having a great time. Um, and that's all communication. Mm-hmm. Body language. Body language be given to. Mm-hmm. Like Jesse McCartney said, I don't speak Spanish, Japanese, or French. But the way your body talking definitely makes sense. That's what he said. That's not what I said. <laughs> Okay. Did I just quote Jesse McCartney on the podcast? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I don't have regrets. I don't. Oh, wow. Hey, it worked, though. <laughs> What's been hard about communicating your your needs with others that you're having sex with? Sometimes I want to protect their little fragile egos. Oh, wow. How? How? <laughs> Who wants to hear that you're not good at that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it can be delivered in a way that, you know, isn't harsh. Instead of, you're not good at that. Mm-hmm. Let's try it this way. Let's do this thing a little differently. Let's explore a little. And then if you're still not good, well, 
Why am I not enjoying myself? What is it about it that I'm not enjoying? Maybe we're a mismatch. Mm-hmm. Then there are uh, other things to explore. Maybe sex with you isn't something that I enjoy. Maybe sex isn't something that I enjoy. Mm. Maybe this type of sex isn't something that I enjoy. Maybe I need a different level of intimacy and closeness before I can enjoy sex. There's so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. Mass media does not represent sex accurately. Mm-mm. It's sickening what we're fed. Everything is sick. What Are we fed anything right? No, not really. Not at first. <laughs> Damn. Not at first. I no. need to be fed. That's what you said. That's not what I said. <laughs> I just agreed to it. But yeah, mass media doesn't represent sex right. Mm-mm. Can mass media represent sex right? Can mass media represent queer sex? Disabled sex? Mm-hmm. No. Well, they can't represent sex, right? Not at all. You can't be overly sexual because that's bad. You can't be overly sexual because that's bad. You can't talk about different types of people having sex because that's bad. So, but then there's this hyper-focus on sex. I'm over it. I don't have the patience. I'm over it. Okay. Franklin's over it, y'all. All you see is mass media represents sex as something that's animalistic and we need it now. And oh, I'm, I know I, I, me and this person are doing this and it's great. Everything is fine. Or. We over romanticize sex mm-hmm. or romanticize sex, period. I think that younger generations are receiving, generally speaking, more positive messages around sex. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking and that's very loosely speaking as well but um we definitely have a more sex positive tone tv shows anyway just from what i've watched like generations coming up have like sex education we never had anything like sex education no and that's a great show and they have queer sex do they have disabled sex? 
I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember either. I don't think so. Offhand. <coughs> but they do have shows that represent it, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. And now we seamlessly go into. Dun, 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 dun. What do you want? What am I watching? All right. Before we go into what you're watching, though, I do want to have some sort of an end to the conversation. Um, I think there is a lot of growth to be done around media and sex and, you know, the, the major, the gen pop. Um, but I think there are niches of media, like pockets of media that are displaying sex in a more positive way, in a very inclusive way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's slowly chipping at this idea that you don't need to talk about sex. <laughs> or that you don't need to have conversations about it. Because we don't all just go into a space and know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like spring black. <laughs> <laughs> Can I speak? Can I speak at the time? Let's I'm trying to figure it out. Let's bring back curiosity. Let's bring curiosity into sex. Let's bring exploration into sex. Let's destigmatize that we all know what we're doing. Because mm-hmm. we don't. And for some of us, yeah, we do. But that doesn't, just because you know what you're doing in general doesn't mean that you know what each individual person that you're with likes. So ask. You're not always going to know what people like. Mm-hmm. And and for some of us, we don't feel like we have the space to say that this is what we like. Mm-hmm. I encourage you all, I implore you all to take up space. Take up space. Do it. You said this space belongs to you too. It does. It does. Carve out your space and get your pleasure. Carve out your space and get your pleasure. Whose campaign is this? (laughs) I guess mine. So. Franklin. Mm-hmm. What you watching? I'm watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay. Shit. What? Some may argue over watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, and some may mind their business. You know. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> we all be binge watching. It's so good. The it's just the comedy, the dedication that was taken into making the show. I have so much appreciation for it. It's, it's a, spe- a good show. You say carve out. I mean, that was in the context of sex. I am carving out the, that space for me with this show because it really takes me to a nice, happy place. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, is just so genuinely good and funny, and they do a lot of things right yes, in the show. they do. Every character, though we know Jake Peralta is the main character, Right? Mm-hmm. 
every character still has the light on them. It's, Effort- a, it's effortless how they do it. Go ahead. It's a real ensemble show. Yes. It is. Everyone gets their moment. Love it. Mm-hmm. What do you watch, Erin? I watched Queer as Folk, the reboot. Queer as Folk. And Queer as Folk does a lot of things right. They do a lot of things. <sighs> Their main ca- Okay, I can talk about this, guys. But no spoilers. But in the top, in the realm of sex, they do a lot of things right. And they do show, I mean, it's queer. So queer sex, they show disabled sex. Um, it's, it, it really shows aspects of the queer community and our resilience. Um, and I really enjoyed the show. If there's only one season, I don't know if they're still making it. I don't know if there will be another season or not. But um, I think it did a lot of things right. Um, I am also watching P-Valley. Or not also, because I am currently still watching. So I watched Queer as Folk. And I am watching P Valley. I'm in season two. I'm t- I'm at the end of season two. <sighs> P Valley is, mm-hmm. man, that is a show. That is a show right there. That show will have you proud. To be watching. Mm-hmm. That's another show that displays queer sex and queerness. and <sighs> Yeah. The main character. One of the main characters. Uncle Clifford. Mm-hmm. And the complexity of her gender. And... Yes. Um, the level of relationship that she shares with Lil Murda. I think that's all so wonderful. So wonderful. And we don't often get shows that center characters like Uncle Clifford. So. I love the amount of gayness in the show. The amount of queerness is just so good. A lot of people love Uncle Clifford. Will fight for Uncle Clifford. <laughs> that is great. It's a great show. You have a queer ass person running a strip club, making money. Paper. Being respected by the community. Pronouns being used. Yes, because what you gonna do though? Y'all can talk shit about Uncle Clifford, but y'all still gonna come to Pussy Valley. Mm-hmm. You don't leave your money. So talk if you want to. But at the end of the day, she getting her paper. Mm-hmm. Securing her bag. And she getting a good dick. No what? They go dick. <laughs> oh yeah. That oh, little murder dick. I know it's good. I just, it has to be. It's it's good. You know it's good. 
He lay it down. He lays down that nurturing dick. Not that nurturing dick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Franklin. Anything else before we go? No. Well, thank you, lovely, lovely people, for listening to our show. And until next time, define yourself for yourself. Use your voice. And and be be great. great.